Hey gang, Tom Mullen here. Do you have a child who spends more time than you'd like in front of screens consuming low quality content? Well, you can turn that screen time into something fun and worthwhile. I'm talking about mini coders, an educational game-based platform including companion apps made for kids with video tutorials, virtual assistant, and games where kids learn coding skills while they play in the Roblox metaverse, all under the safety and guidance of a virtual assistant and in-game tutors. MiniCoders is perfect for homeschooled, unschooled, or traditionally schooled children alike and helps them build 21st century skills and have a ball doing so. Right now, you can try out MiniCoders with no obligation by registering for a free trial at TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash MiniCoders. That's M-I-N-I-C-O-D-E-R-S. Again, just visit TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash MiniCoders and start your free trial today. Every revolution starts in the minds of the people. Arm yourself for the war of ideas. Take back your life. Take back your liberty. Tom Mullen Talks Freedom. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Tom Mullen Talks Freedom. Today's Wednesday, November 9th, and I am dipping my toes in the red ripple that occurred in electoral politics here in the United States last night. Of course, I'm supposed to be bathing in a red wave, and that fizzled out. And in retrospect, it's really not all that surprising. And I wanted to talk a little bit today about why I think the Republican Party is going to go the way of the Federalists and the Whigs, and really for precisely the same reason that those parties eventually went away. And first, I'll say that I'm disappointed that there was not a red wave, not because I particularly love Republican politicians, but because I know, and I've written about this and spoken about this on this podcast before, that in my lifetime, the government grows the least, the federal government, when there's a Democratic president and a Republican Congress who hates his guts. So I'm hoping at least we'll get a Republican House to break up the uniparty government that we have right now. But when you look back over the presidency's while I've been alive since 1965, whenever there's a Republican president in office, spending goes up much faster. And it doesn't matter who has Congress. Spending just goes up much faster than when there's a Democrat in the White House. And then, of course, it goes up the slowest. And it's actually gone down in a couple of years during my life when there was a Democratic president and a Republican Congress, and that would be in the late 1990s, and also uh, a couple of years there during Obama's second term. And otherwise, spending always goes up, no matter who's in there, but it goes up faster with a Republican president. And that goes for Nixon, that goes for Reagan, that goes for both Bushes, and of course, Trump set all-time records, spending went an order of magnitude faster than under any other president in history. Now, of course, COVID spending helped that. What a lot of people miss is that even before COVID, even in Trump's first three years, 
spending was going up almost twice as fast as it was going up under Obama. And it was going up about $200 billion per year. Under Obama, it averaged $112 billion per year increase year over year. So that doesn't mean every year was like that. They weren't uniform. But as I said, during that second term for Obama, spending actually went down. And I think we'll probably show spending will go down during Biden's term just because of the ridiculous exponential growth because of COVID. But, you know, Republican obstructionism has worked. We even had them opposing a war during Obama's second term in Syria. Only time in my lifetime they've ever done that. They ran on opposing war. George W. Bush ran on a humble foreign policy, but uh, they certainly didn't govern that way once they got in. And I will also say that as bad as Trump was, I was disappointed that he lost the 2020 election only because I do believe that he was marginally better on foreign policy. And I think there's a good chance there would not have been a Ukraine war had Trump got in. Now, yes, he did send weapons to Ukraine because basically Trump was a wimp. I mean, he folded to the establishment whenever they yelled at him. I'll get to that in a minute. But I don't think he would have pushed Zelensky to shell the Donbass region and actually shell civilians as Zelensky was doing. And don't think for a minute that wasn't with Washington, D.C. support and maybe even pressure because this is D.C.'s war in Ukraine. And I've said that before. So while I am disappointed that the Republicans didn't take Congress in much more decisive fashion last night, I also believe firmly that the GOP is fading as a viable opposition party to the communists. I mean, the Democrats. Well, but then again, I repeat my. And I think that the reason that they're fading is that they're a conservative party. And I think even a lot of people who consider themselves libertarians, like Ron Paul libertarians, which that's what I am, other than I don't even want a limited government, but I'm willing to settle for Ron Paul's version of, of governance. But Ron Paul is at heart a libertarian. And he's not a conservative. He may have said he was while he was running for Republican office, but he never says that anymore, if you notice. And I think this is an important point because I think a lot of people who like to think of themselves as libertarians are really conservatives. And that's why they're willing to overlook so many anti-libertarian aspects of not only the Republican Party, but the conservative movement. And they also are out there saying, you know, like the term rhino, Republican in name only. Let me tell you something. All the Republicans elected in my lifetime are real Republicans and they're real conservatives. Now, the word conservative does take in a somewhat wide range of views, but at its heart, here is the difference between conservatism and libertarianism. Conservatism believes that the purpose of the government is to restrain people's savage inclinations, period. That takes precedence over everything else. The libertarian believes that 
the purpose of the government is to protect inalienable rights. And I would even substitute the term inalienable rights for the single word property, which was used by the original libertarian John Locke. Thomas Jefferson and the Declaration of Independence, those are libertarian ideas. America was founded as a libertarian country, not a conservative one. The conservatives at the founding of the United States were the Hamiltonians, the ones who wanted to keep the British mercantilist system with the tariffs, you know, and the huge military. They just wanted to be in charge of it themselves rather than the British be in charge of it. The libertarians were the ones who pushed back on all that, who would not accept Hamilton's or Madison's plan for government at the Constitutional Convention, who insisted on a Bill of Rights to make sure that the government is listed, limited. Those are libertarian ideas. They're not conservative ideas. Conservatives see the world the way Thomas Hobbes did. Man is naturally in a state of war with everybody else. Every country is in a state of war with every other country unless the government comes in and restrains that inclination to war. They even view economics as a war. Okay, and that's why the natural economic system for conservatism is not the free market. It's mercantilism. It's tariffs. It's restraints. It's control. What, is, what did Trump say all during his campaign? We don't win anymore on trade. Well, what does that mean? There is no winner or loser in trade. And I don't want to go into the economics of how stupid Trump's <laughs> worldview is on economics. I did that in my book, The Fed. It's the Fed Stupid. If you haven't read it yet and you want to go in there and hear an economic explanation for why no tariffs don't work, no, the trade deals did not result in jobs fleeing the United States and going overseas. None of that is true. These are conservative fever dreams. And of course, you'll notice when Trump got his way and got the real heavy tariffs on, manufacturing went into a recession. But I have plenty of proof in my book that from an economic perspective, none of the America First economic story is close to manufacturing jobs, for example, were plummeting from 1947 on. There was no increase in the decrease, if you will, after the trade deals in the mid-90s or early 2000s. None of that's true. Conservatives want to believe it because, again, they view economics as a zero-sum game with winners and losers. And they think that tariffs help them win. Let's take a short break for this important message. Let me ask you something. What if there was someone out there who kept a log of every single thing you did every minute of the day? That would probably creep you out. Well, that's exactly what happens every time you go online. Your internet provider stores logs of every website you've ever visited and can legally sell this data to anyone. Worse yet, the government can obtain your data via bulk FISA order, even if you're not personally suspected of any crime. That's why I use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your internet provider can't see or log what you do online. 
Visit expressvpn.com slash Mullen right now and find out how you can get three months for free. That's expressvpn.com slash Mullen. Protect your data and get three months for free today. But the main problem with the conservative worldview is that it does not view liberty as an inalienable right. They just don't. None of their big thinkers or philosophers believe that. It wasn't just Thomas Hobbes. Edmund Burke says this in the Recollections on the Revolution in France. When he comes to the subject of natural rights that exist before the government, He actually quotes Hobbes directly by saying the problem is that people have a right to everything, which in the American idea of inalienable rights means they have a right to nothing because there's no restraint on what other people can do to you. And I know some people will say, well, that's apples and oranges. The conservatives are talking about what is and the libertarians are talking about what ought to be. Yeah, but the conservatives blow off that distinction. Their position is that no rights exist unless the government instills them in people. So they're always willing to override what a libertarian would think as an alienable right in in the pursuit of order, in the pursuit of restraint, in the pursuit of protecting everybody from, again, man's savage nature. Now, it's not that libertarians believe that Man is an angel and doesn't have a savage side to his nature. It is my opinion that libertarians see man most accurately, that he has both the inclination for good and the inclination for evil within him, and that he generally responds to incentives, and that if you're going to have government power or even privately market-produced power, that it should only be used to thwart the evil, to preserve property, to protect property rights. And property includes your life, your liberty, and your wealth. The conservative does not believe this. They say it over and over again. Now, sometimes they'll invoke the Declaration of Independence, and it's always God-given rights, right? But they don't govern that way. And then when it comes down to an issue where it's very clear the position should be, laissez-faire free market, for example, they have all kinds of excuses for why we can't go to an extreme like that. Why? Because they don't really believe in it. That's why. So I, I wanted to take those few minutes to talk about the philosophical outlook and the difference because I hear people say, well, I'm a libertarian and a conservative. No, you can't be both. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't have generally conservative personal preferences. When we say conservative in a political context, we mean purely what the government has a legitimate authority to enforce. And on personal preferences, libertarians don't believe that the government has a legitimate authority to enforce personal preferences. It only has the authority to enforce 
property rights. Now, from the very founding of the country, the conservatives here have always had the same platform. It's Hamilton's platform. It's protectionism in business. It is big, a big, huge military. Hamilton wanted to go after the possessions of Spain because he thought they were weak and the Americans could take them. Well, conservatives wanted that war for 100 years till they got it. The Federal Reserve is a conservative Republican institution that Woodrow Wilson happened to come along and be there when it finally got passed is doesn't make it a liberal idea. It is a conservative idea. Centralized banking. We must be in control. We can't have unmanaged results. That is the conservative mindset. And as I said, they don't like the free market. It's not just the tariffs. They don't, they're all for regulation. Regulation is a conservative idea. They just think that the Democrats go too far. Now, the Democrats during the 19th century were the libertarians. And spare me the what about slavery objection to that. I'm talking about what they believed, how they believed the people who weren't slaves should be governed. Because a lot of the Federalists were slaveholders too. The difference was that the libertarians believe that the government's job was what the Declaration of Independence said it was, to secure these rights, and that if the government became destructive of those ends, it was the government that went first before the rights. Got it? The Federalists didn't believe that. The Federalists thought that the government should be in charge of all sorts of other things besides defending those rights. And the Federalist Party went away, and people who thought believed the same thing as the Federalists started a new party called the Whigs. And the Whigs believed the same things as the Federalists, and they went away, and then they founded a new party called the Republican Party that believed the same thing as the Whigs and the Federalists, and the only difference was that they were able to put together a coalition with people, with the abolitionists, the people who were on the right side of the slavery. And that coalition was able to get the Republicans into power. And after the Civil War, they stayed in power for the next 50 years. But their core ideas have always been losers. They've always been big government. And when the Democrats abandon what's now called the classical liberal, but what we would today call the libertarian philosophy for a socialist one, well, then the reaction to elect Republicans was merely just anti-socialism. And when Harding and Coolidge got in there, yes, they were a breath of fresh air after Wilson, but they were just the same old Republican tariffs, you know, Coolidge used to go on and on about what a great debt the country owed to Alexander Hamilton. Okay, in the end, this is a losing, uninspiring philosophy. It's a negative philosophy that has been giving ground. I mean, it lost throughout the 20th century. There were brief instances where Republicans were elected as sort of a reaction against overstepping 
by the Democrats or just the results of their disastrous policies. But once they got in there, the government was never cut. Never. No Republican cut the government. Sometimes they lower taxes, but they'd increase spending faster than the Democrats had. So all they're doing then is inflating the currency or forcing the Federal Reserve to inflate the currency to make up for their deficits. And what's always the excuse? Oh, well, the Democrats are holding military spending hostage to their welfare spending. Well, let me I got news for you. The military needs to be cut drastically. That's not an excuse. That's the first thing that should be cut. That's the easiest thing to cut because the military is actually doing harm. Of course, it's a misallocation of capital to let the government do anything. But the worst thing that you could do is go blow up people and property in some other country and spend it on bombs and stuff that don't improve the lives of anybody else. Don't don't make us richer. I mean, there are Republicans on record, including in the Trump administration, who say that increasing military spending creates jobs. Like that's some sort of answer. Like that's not just, well, just increase the Department of Education. Increase the the government health care programs. Those all actually do less harm than intervening, uh, intervening in some foreign country, giving us blowback here. So all that being said, what I'm saying is that conservatism itself is a flawed worldview that is always destined to lose. And you can see the writing on the wall here, this expectation for this red tidal wave, and there certainly should have been one if the red side had a better message. It was a ripple because it's an uninspiring message. It's an uninspiring response to this totalitarian communist dictatorship that we're living under. Oh, we're going to do it a little less. Let's take a short break for this important message. Friends, if you're enjoying the content here on Tom Mullen Talks Freedom, you can support my efforts here a couple of ways at TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash support. You can join my Patreon for as little as $3 per month and get machine transcripts to every episode and access to my members-only MeWe group, while all access patrons also get my paid subscriber-only articles and videos Or you can become a VIP patron to get all of that, plus access to all of my online courses and a signed copy of the Tom Mullen book of your choice. Now, if you prefer Substack, I also post my paid subscriber-only content there. Find links to all the ways you can support the show at TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash support. That's TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash support. Become a supporter of Tom Mullen Talks Freedom today. And now let's get back to our episode. How could I think about love with a girl like you? A girl like you. With a girl like you. A girl like you. With a girl like you. And I'll give you some real world examples. Here in New York, we reelected possibly the dumbest person who's ever held elected office. Seriously, I mean, really, this is, in my lifetime, the most unimpressive person who's ever held an office for anything. 
she was reelected very comfortably against a Republican who ran on the typical tough on crime. And here's the thing. Crime is up. It's nowhere near as bad as Republicans want you to believe, but it is up for sure. The idea that the reason might have been two years of totalitarian lockdowns wasn't even suggested by our candidate for governor or any other Republican. They're still running on this idea that the reason crime is up is that the police were defunded, which they weren't. Yes, I know some radicals at Black Lives Matter rallies said the words defund the police, but it didn't happen. And even if it did, that would be a good thing because police don't prevent crimes. Okay, that's the whole argument for the Second Amendment is that police don't prevent crimes. Remember, they show up after the crime's over. So it's a dumb argument, but conservatives can't get out of their unending support for the police. How much would be too much spending? No amount would be too much spending on the police because deep within their psyches is this idea that the police are protecting us from the chaos and savagery that unrestrained liberty would give us. Now, bail reform. This is a great, another great example uh, to illustrate the difference between a libertarian and a conservative. A libertarian believes in the principles of the United States. Conservatives do not. They oppose them at the time, and they oppose them at least in practice now, and to the extent they can get away with it, they even oppose them in their words. But bail reform. Okay, so we're not going to keep people if they can't pay. So the Republicans will cite some example where a Democratic prosecutor or judge lets some guy with a long record of violent crime who just is accused of committing another one out on bail. Now, the criticism there is, look who you're letting out. It's not that there's nothing to bail reform. A Republican can't bring himself to say, why didn't you let out a nonviolent drug offender? Because you know why? Because deep down, regardless of how they vote, they want drugs to be illegal. All right? So we've got over 2 million people incarcerated in this country, the largest incarcerated population by percentage of population in the world. We've got more just on pure volume than the Chinese do, even though they have four times as many people. And at any given time, half or more of those people are nonviolent offenders, never convicted of a violent crime, not even accused of a violent crime. Just either most of them are caught with too many drugs on their person, or then you have all the white collar people who you know are tax evaders or whomever. There's no public safety issue for letting that person out. Makes plenty of room for the real criminals. You'll never hear a Republican say that. It's anathema to them. And that's not because they're not real Republicans. It's because they are real Republicans. It's not because they're not real conservatives. It's because they are real conservatives. Okay? The problem with big government is that it takes away the resources of the individual, takes that opportunity for the individual to determine the course of his or her life, okay? Because once you've been robbed of, your, of the fruits of your labor, of your money, 
then it really doesn't matter what it gets spent on. It's not being controlled by you to pursue your own happiness. So the Republicans never run on that. They never run that that's what's wrong with the welfare state because they want to take that money and spend it on something else. So they can't run on that principle. But that's the libertarian principle. That's what the pursuit of happiness is. And let me tell you, the pursuit of happiness, as I've said before, is 90% economic. You can talk about free speech all you want, but the way that you can pursue your own happiness here in the real world is to have control over as close to 100% of your resources, of the wealth you create, and be able to dispose of that in the way you want. And that includes buying cheaper stuff from China, and that includes giving it away to charity, or that includes saving it up so you can take a trip around the world or whatever it is that you want to do with your life. 90% of your liberty comes from your economic liberty. This is the hard truth. And you'll never hear a Republican say that because every single Republican congressman or president that gets elected spends more money. They just want to spend it on something else. And they're all too happy to let the Democrats spend what they want on education or health care as long as they uh, can spend on military or whatever else, the veterans. You know, the veterans used to be viewed as welfare bums looking for a handout. The greatest president in U.S. history, Grover Cleveland, vetoed one veteran spending bill after another. That was most of the bills he vetoed. But like the police, the conservatives consider the military as this indispensable barrier between the savagery of the of the rest of the world and the civilized people. So how much is, is too much military spending? There's never too much. It never will be enough. And just like you can point at the spending on education to a liberal, to a Democrat, and say, look at how much the spending has gone up and look at the test scores. Well, you can... You can do the same thing with a conservative on America's wars, none of which, zero of which have benefited American taxpayers in my lifetime. I'd even argue World War II is in that category, but let's just stick to my lifetime for the moment. But one war after another, and still conservatives will not let go. This is not the time. The world is more dangerous than ever. This is not the time to cut the military. Baloney. And regardless of whether you agree with me, here's what's inevitable. It loses. It's going to keep on losing. It's going to lose bigger and bigger. It, the Republican Party is losing its ability to win a national election. It's going to start losing states. Maybe not next year, maybe not in three years. But look at the demographics. Look at the way under 30 voted. Now, I know Winston Churchill's adage that everybody's a liberal. If you're a, if you're not a liberal when you're 25 years old, you have no heart. And if you're not a conservative when you're 45 years old, you have no brain. I get it. And there are some of those people who are going to become more conservative over time. This is not a good thing because it's not a liberty thing. I think that the Republican Party last night demonstrated another step on the road to going the way of the Whigs and the Federalists. And we need a new Liberty Party. 
We need a party that actually wants a different kind of government, that actually wants to cut government, that wants to repeal things like the New Deal and Social Security and Medicare. Now, you can say that's not going to win because people are too addicted to the government cheese, but at least it's different. At least it will inspire some people. Running on, whoa, let's not go so fast, or we need to reform Social Security, that's not inspiring anybody. And really, it shouldn't, because Social Security is a tremendously immoral program, not to mention a scam, since every dollar that's collected is spent immediately. It's not, no, no money has ever been saved since the 1930s, since day one. Social Security has never saved a dime of the money anyone has ever paid in, not even when they ran huge surpluses. It was all spent immediately, and I've gone over that in a different podcast. But in any case, there's nothing inspiring about the Republican or the conservative message. And I think it's time to face reality that we need a different worldview, a different Liberty Party. The Libertarian Party just had a a huge house cleaning of people with generally the same problem. They wanted to conserve the progressive establishment and even follow some of the woke trend lines in that establishment, and they've been cleaned up. So we've got a radical core in the Libertarian Party. I don't think the Democrats lose until the GOP goes away. I don't think they're going to win in 2024. They might. They might win the presidency, but it's going to be a continual slipping away, chipping away, less and less red states all the time, winning presidential elections by the skin of your teeth through the Electoral College, which I fully support, but you should be reading the tea leaves that when you're losing the popular vote over and over again, And all that's protecting your party is the electoral college. Well, that's a losing hand that eventually you're going to go bust. So this is my message. Let's stop doing what doesn't work and start doing what does. We've now got a hope against hope that these Republicans in the House can put up some resistance And maybe we'll get better results uh, the next election as far as Congress goes. And if we get a Republican president, the government's going to explode in growth anyway, no matter who has Congress. That should be apparent by now, whether it's Trump or DeSantis or whoever. And by the way, DeSantis worries me. I've been listening to his comments when he was a congressman about the wars and basically The only one he was good on was Syria, and otherwise he sounded a lot like a neocon. So whatever you think of him as governor, and I don't think he's perfect there either, but I'd rather be living in his regime than Kathy Holcomb's. But whatever you think of him as a governor, I'm a little worried about him as a president. For all the reasons that every Republican is bad, other than, I should say, Trump and Ronald Reagan were both decent on foreign policy although they were both huge spenders. So we need a new party. And it isn't a new party as far as one doesn't already exist. We need the people who think that they're in a fight for freedom to stop misplacing their trust in the Republican Party and in the conservative philosophy. 
because it's a loser. It lost last night. It's going to keep losing bigger and bigger. And if you don't want a one-party state, it's time to do something bold and support a party that will really make changes. Let me remind you, when Trump got in there, he said he wanted to get out of Afghanistan. And what happened? The generals yelled at him and he backed down. He came out and said that he was, gen- and I believe he genuinely thought lockdowns were a terrible idea. And Fauci and Dr. Burks with the scarf yelled at him and he backed down. He was useless, useless in there. So even the powers that he had as president, he signed the spending that made lockdowns possible. Not only did he sign it, he insisted his name go on the checks. Okay, without that spending, no lockdowns could have happened. The truly federalist position was to leave it in the hands of the states, which he did administratively, but also economically. You want to lock down your population? You collect the money in New York. They never would have happened. They were only possible because some Trump signed all of that welfare spending to underwrite the lockdowns. Terrible. That's not what we need. We need someone in there that will veto that spending, that will veto bills that do not balance the budget. Say, I don't care about me. The military needs to be cut. We need a president to go in there and submit a budget with a military at 60% of what it's at right now. All 200,000 troops around the world brought home. Not just say no endless wars. That's the most milquetoast anti-war message you can deliver. Okay, so wars are okay if they're not endless. We're still going to keep all these troops everywhere, ripping the American taxpayer off, doing nothing against Putin right now because they never can do anything against a major power. Those days are over. Get in touch with reality here. The only way the communists are defeated is if we have a radical message. You're never going to get that from the GOP. You're never going to get that from a conservative. We need to support radical libertarians who want to cut the government drastically. Otherwise, get used to the current progressive regime. It's going to be here for a long time, maybe forever. All right, friends, that's going to do it for today. Just a few reminders to stop by TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash support and check out all the ways that you can support my efforts here, including joining my Patreon or my Substack. And if you haven't already, make sure that you go to ItsTheFedStupid.com to download a copy of my free ebook, It's The Fed Stupid. And as always, if you like the music you've heard here on Tom Mullen Talks Freedom, you can hear more at TomMullenSings.com. Thanks for listening. The war of ideas has only just begun. Arm yourself with the knowledge you need by heading to TomMullenTalksFreedom.com and subscribing to our email list. And remember, every revolution starts in the minds of the people.